Hello and welcome to episode number 50. It's a special episode because we have reached a half century, which just feels fantastic. I'm Mike. I'm Al. I'm Anton. And I'm Emily. Yes, welcome Emily to our 50th podcast and uh, it's uh, lovely to have you here. How have you, how have you been? Thank How's your you. Switch life been? How's the world going for Emily? Yeah, oh, new year, new me, new <laughs> Switch podcast season. It's great, doing well. Um, I've been playing all the big titles still. It's been, you know, Pokemon um smash all the all the big stuff yeah we've so. we've we've been waiting for you to join us on a podcast um for like all the pokemon news that we kind of knew bits of and we, were th- we thought where's emily you know where's emily when when we need an expert at, with pokemon so you're finally here so that's fantastic uh, have you been enjoying uh, the pokemon experience on the switch so that's a, that's a question i have i've been i've been loving it i've been loving it i think it was you know whatever complaints there were about the game before it came out i i was never really a part of so i was always excited to have it um and now that they're adding more content it's perfect yeah like sheer perfection Excellent. so i can't complain good i'm really, been really glad to hear that sorry anton yeah i've been meaning to ask because i know there's uh, very much two varying camps when it comes to the pokemon mm. dlc there's people yeah. who see it as scrounging there's some people who see it as making a bigger and better game where, where do you lie totally so i i mean i find it interesting because it it would make more sense to put out another game to make more money of course because right? it, it is only it's like the price of half a game um which i guess the content seems to be half a game's worth of content so i guess it's like a business model that makes sense but at the same time you would think on face value why don't they just release another game yeah. but like I'm really looking forward to it and I pre-ordered it as soon as they <laughs> well, put it out so that's you know, good to know I'm a sold fan that was definitely one of the questions we were going to ask you whether you'd um, you'd sort of gone into the pre-order category of it which oh, is yeah. good we thought you probably would but you know we thought we'd ask anyway you know <laughs> yeah uh, so before we get <laughs> started curious. this week we're going to quickly run through a couple of um, sort of things that just to let you know about and then we're going to talk about the games we've been playing this week and then we'll move on to this week's news so first of all thank you for a few more ratings of five stars on Apple Podcasts we're up to uh, 47 overall now so we're really getting close to 55 star ratings which is fantastic we really really appreciate it um, and we've got a new review from the XV project on uh, Apple podcasts and this is one of the one of the the more different descriptions but I love this because you know if it's what you feel then it's what you write it's nice and relaxing is the headline I always love to relax on an evening and listen to podcasts and this one has entered my rotation it's a very specific way of writing it but we love that so thank you very much to the XV project Alistair we've had a couple more uh, Patreon members come and join our team we have, we have indeed. It's actually been a very busy week for uh, patrons joining our team, so thank you very much to everyone who's joined us. I think, if I'm right in thinking, this week we've got uh, Ollie Sawtell, thank Woo! you, we've got Robert Salt, we've got Carrie, Woo! and we've got Michael Moore. Woo! I'm pretty sure that's not Michael Moore, the movie maker, but <laughs> it say. might well be. Wow, Michael, Michael Moore, Moore. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. Uh, and Anton, um, we did a podcast in the middle of the week just for our Patreons, didn't we? Indeed. 
Yes, yeah, so um, if you're one of our lovely SNES tier members, we have the first episode of Roundup right out and about. Um, it, it went quite well. We ran through all of the games that are coming out in uh, that Fortnite block uh, ahead of it. And, uh, you know, we kind of went into it and we're like, you know, we, we cover a lot and we'll catch the few that we miss. No, there are so many games coming out of Switch. It's, uh, it's remarkable. Well, we actually indeed. had to split it up into the dates rather than just go through each game in huge detail because there are so many. We thought, well, let's start with the 24th of January and then we were there for ages with that. And that's the only <laughs> way we could actually do it. But it was a lot of fun. So if you are a SNES tier member, you'll be getting that. And as well as that, you'll get our uh, post-podcast uh, that we're going to do, which is our uh, our sort of last, we'll call it last call, but it's kind of a pub chat where we just chat about other stuff. So that'll be fun. We we always do that as well. So our SNES tier members will get that. So thank you so much, Alistair. For people just very quickly that want to check out any of that stuff, where do they go? Uh, well, there's a couple of places you can go. You can either just go to our wonderful website that Anton built, which is nsukp.co.uk. And we've got a page on there. It's, I think it's forward slash support dash us. Uh, and that will link through to our Patreon page. Or you can go to Patreon direct and search for NSUKP. And uh, you've got all the information there uh, to join up as a new Patreon member. And we are genuinely, I mean, humbly, humbly, genuinely, um, so uh, bowled over by the level of support from uh, from you guys that uh, that you are you're willing to help us make this podcast. It is uh, it's a great experience, and thank you so much to everyone who has signed up, we- and thank you to everyone who's thinking of signing up, and thank you to everyone who's just listening and leaving us reviews because that is just as good in our eyes. We probably say thank you far too much, but we just genuinely mean it. So thank you very very much. We again. do. Thank you. We thank do. you. And thank you. Uh, yeah. So this evening we're recording slightly differently again because Alistair, you're at home, so you're recording with your very high tech. Uh, yes, my iPhone. <laughs> but that's okay. Logistics got in the way yet again, oh. so I'm uh, currently sitting in my house recording uh, on an iPhone. So I'm terribly sorry for the sound quality yet again. No, no, it'll be fine. Uh, we'll do all the post production and make it as, uh, as as good as as we can. I'm sure it'll be fine. And Anton and Emily, you are both together in a different uh, setup. You've got lots of lovely video games in the background, Indeed. but then we see this every week, Anton. So. Yeah, uh, we've got two microphones set up and uh, as I've expressed many a time, I'm merely an audio amateur uh, compared to, to Mike. So uh, please bear with me. Uh, hopefully this works. It seems like it's yeah, working. I think we're okay. We've got two microphones, three screens and only one keyboard and mouse. But my, my brain still doesn't know where to look and what, who to talk to at this point. I'm having like a, well, a great time. <laughs> you, might, you might think I'm the audio uh, king when it comes to the audio, Anton, but you've never seen me try and make a website. That's a whole different story. So, uh, Okay, <laughs> let's start with what we've been playing this week then. We're going to start with Emily because, Emily, you've not been in the podcast for ages. So what have you been playing this week? Yeah. Uh, so I jumped straight into after the... Uh, when was it? Was it the Pokemon Direct or was it a normal Direct? I think uh, it was a Pokemon one Pokemon last Direct. Time. Yeah, yeah. I jumped straight into the Mystery Dungeon demo. Um, I played uh, Blue Mystery Dungeon when it came out, back when I was, uh, God, what, six, seven? Um, yeah, I love it. The new art style is great. I fell in love with it straight away, so I'm going to get that when it comes out. Yeah. I've also been trying my best to be... Uh, an elite smash player um, so I've been all over ultimate yet again um, if anybody wants to battle it out my mains are Piranha Plant and uh, Bowser at this point so Excellent. I'm a Mario stand. Yeah, interesting <laughs> well uh, what about what about you Anton what have you been playing this week oh I have a, a horrible confession I've returned to Rogue Legacy once again and I've actually completed the new game plus and I've, I've been shocked to be confronted by a new game plus plus 
which is terrifying. <laughs> I, I, I should be done with this game, but it's nonetheless the best three pounds I've spent on the Switch. And uh, mm. outside of that, I've tried the most recent demo for Speedrunners, um, which is a ton of fun. Me, me and Emily yeah, gave we it a week ago, and I highly recommend it because even as a demo, uh, it gives enough content for mm. a good thirty minutes worth of four-player co-op. Um, and surprisingly, it looks a lot more complicated than it is. Great pickup and play title, but um, how, about, how about yourself, Alistair? What, what, what have you been playing? Uh, you guys can probably just copy and paste what I said last week. <laughs> I'm still playing Luigi's oh Mansion, and I'm still playing Golf Story. I'm so so painfully close to the end of Golf Story. Yeah, well, Golf Story is a great game, so you can take your time, Alistair. We'll forgive you on that. And Luigi's Mansion too, which I've been playing. I'm, I think I'm, I haven't played since we last spoke, so I'm still at whatever the floor 12 or whatever it is. By the way, Anton, I have to compliment mm. you on your your duck hunt t-shirt I had to say that very carefully but uh, well done and wearing that <laughs> why thank you it's, it's only appropriate what can I say absolutely here's me with my Star Wars thinking I was going to be the cool one of the show but no upstaged by Anton uh, so so the what have I been playing so I played the tourist demo so the tourist demo is out now um, the tourist mm. with a Y in it that's uh, in the second last letter in the tourist and yeah yeah you guys were talking about that on the discord weren't you yes so the tourist is a game that um i thoroughly recommend you download the demo and have a go of it because it's beautifully made it's a great uh fun puzzle title quite tricky they don't really hold your hand too much so if you want a bit of a challenge um i think the, even the sort of what you get in the demo is challenging to a point and there's sort of things you can decide to do or not and you can you know move on and or, or sort of investigate a bit more but thoroughly recommend it it's a really well reviewed game it's about five or six hours long as a full campaign um, so try the demo first I think one of our Patreons actually tried the demo and end, ended up buying it so that's a very good um, indication Alistair of that it's a good game it is indeed uh, having just said that about the Discord it's just uh, crossed my mind that we've not mentioned the Discord on the show yet have oh we? yeah okay so yeah well, so we have Discord uh, do you want to cover this one well I'll, I'll just tell you what I know it's something called Discord you log in and in Discord there's things that can let you talk to other people and then uh, sometimes you can hear voices Alistair <laughs> Uh, sort of. I mean, if you're hearing voices, Mike, you might need to go see someone about okay, that. Okay, all right. That's okay. That's not Discord related. So basically, it's it's a perk we've added for our patrons. Uh, Discord is a service online uh, where people essentially go to have a Discord. You can chat. It's a chat room. Yeah. That's the quickest way of putting it. It does many, many other things, but we're just going to call it a chat room. It's no so MSN, we can speak though. with our patrons. Patrons can speak with each other. Everybody's having a good time. And we just set it up last Sunday night because we thought it would be cool. And it is. So, uh, yeah, it's another good reason to become a patron. If you want to, you can come and join us and hang out and yeah. chat. Yeah, I've got double the amount of friends I now have on my Switch because of the Patreons because, you know, I've got them all added now, so it's great. Um, So, yeah, so so I played the tourist demo. I also played some more Rocket League, which I'm I'm still, I still just love Rocket League. I can't get enough of Rocket League. I'm sorry. I know that's kind of lame, but I I love it. Um, Never apologize for Rocket League. What were you saying, Alistair? I said never apologize for Rocket League. Oh, okay, fair enough. I mean... Anyway, uh, what else have I played? Uh, I've played. Um, I was. I was also playing a bit more of Valhalla, the bartender, cyberpunk bartender game, which I'm mm. really enjoying. I, I love narrative kind of um, based games where it's quite subtle and you learn more as you go on. I'm actually getting to a point now where I think um, things are really going to start to kind of you know come together in terms of the of, of who people are and where you are in in the world and all the rest of it. But no, it's a really nice relaxing game to play quite late in the evening. I quite like you know playing it in portable mode as well. Um so that's another one to check out. But um have you seen Valhalla Emily? Uh 
No, I haven't, actually. Because um, as soon as you said it, I was thinking of Brawlhalla, <laughs> which is a totally different game. Which <laughs> is also thinking, a, good game. a, it's a good game. There's a story for Brawlhalla. Yeah, what no. is going on? Well, it's, what have I made? It's basically it's um, a, it's a, a cyberpunk sort of futuristic bartender game where you play a bartender and you serve stunning. members of the public and you have discussions with them and they all have their own stories. And then you go home to your apartment and you have to decide if you're going to buy stuff from the shop or whether or not you're just going to move on to the next day of work. And it's, it's a very relaxing kind of a bit like a visual novel but in a sort of 16-bit kind of format really cool really mm. nice to play late at night um, lots of really interesting characters um, and the world is kind of it's it's not gone very well over the next sort of 40-50 years which is you know I mean we could probably say that's going to happen anyway but you yep. know uh, yep. it's it's a thing <laughs> so um, yeah I thoroughly recommend checking out if we do get a demo for it I would say have a go with the demo um, was there anything anyone wanted to add before we move on to this week's news Anton, Emily anything you want to say Oh, um, yeah, I think that the one thing I, I was just going to say there is um, I find it interesting that uh, your, yourself and uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Dar- Darren on the Patreon, I believe it was, uh, playing uh, The Tourists, because I-, I played the demo and I think I've, I've done it wrong. Because uh, I keep on hearing people being like, yeah, the demo's filled with so much content and puzzles. And I must have taken like the, the crows flying over it because I like, went through it in maybe not even like five ten minutes and now i'm sorry yeah you got nothing did you do the anton did you do the puzzle and then leave on a boat yes yeah so i think from what i get (laughs) you can kind of investigate a little more than that first i don't think you have to just say right bye and i think that's the thing about this game it's not a hand-holding game so you can kind of do it your own way so i guess you can fire through it quickly um, but what did you think of it apart from the fact you're only playing it for 10 minutes uh, I can't really comment any on the the, the gameplay but um, visually absolutely gorgeous the, the amount of detail they had in the game was um, it kind of reminds me of um, like let's say Luigi's Mansion 3 where it's, you just look at scenes and at first you're like oh that's cartoon Pixar-y nonsense and then you look closer and you're like oh my god the, the quality the physics the lighting mm. it's just uh, the, the level of polish there's remarkable and uh, I definitely think I'm going to return to the demo and give it a, a proper go. Yeah, but, uh, head around the island first d- before you leave. <laughs> definitely, but uh, the speedrunners demo has got me hooked so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I might check that out. I haven't actually played the speedrunners demo yet but I think I'll, I'll maybe try that this week as well. Right then, let's move on then to this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. So, starting off with ScreenWave Media, they've announced the Angry Video Game Nerd 1 and 2 Deluxe HD upgrade with more difficulty options, rebalanced challenges, some new surprises, and an all new third chapter to bring the entire package together. I really love the look of this, Anton. I think it's um, it's not a game I've ever played, but I've checked it out this week, and I think it's the kind of thing that I should play by the look of it. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I believe I, I think I played the original, and it was a, a very early indie game. Uh, like, it was. I think it was even pre-Super Meat Boy or around that era. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a, a very much based, obviously based on the Angry Video Game Nerd show. It's very much an homage to classic NES games. And uh, as well as that, it's got references to kind of parts of games that he's outlined within all of his videos. So, for instance, uh, Top Gun or something like that. Uh, I think getting the complete package, I'm glad they've paired it up and aren't doing it too splice. And I think the HD upgrades has made a once fairly plain looking pixel art game look uh, fairly modern I would say yeah it does look fairly kind of um, current in that old school sort of style Alistair 
It does. It looks really, really cool. Actually, it took me a while to figure out what was going on with this one because I think it was last year they they originally released uh, the video game Nerd 1 and 2 on the Switch, but it wasn't the HD upgrade. Mm. So this is sort of a, a refresh of a fairly recently launched game from what I managed to piece together. But it does look amazing. I, I want to go play it. It just looks um, tongue-in-cheek and good fun, yeah, th- frankly, is how I put it. I think, if they get, as Anton was saying, if they have the whole package together and it's decent value then that could be a a good one to add to the collection and again perfectly at home on the switch which is you know one of the things we always talk about uh, another uh, announcement this week is from forever entertainment they've announced and released omotomo which we uh, anton and i briefly mentioned in our midweek patreon uh, upcoming uh, podcast looking at the, the games that are coming out soon because it, it was out this week it's a japanese inspired zen garden puzzle game is that your kind of thing emily i think so if it turned up uh, as either a demo or like a super cheap game. What's uh, what's actually what is the retail? What's oh, it selling for? I, I'm not too sure. It looks like uh, maybe a five pound title. Mm, I don't think the right. developers being ridiculous, but it's that's nine dollars ninety nine in the American store. So okay. I'm guessing it's around right. so, in pounds. Okay, mm, interesting. Yeah. I'm not too sure yeah. about this. I mean, one. I, I'd, I'd maybe pick it up. I'd have to look if it was like really gorgeous. Because um, I always remember I, I played the. Uh, the balance games on 3DS and oh, yeah. Wii U, which were which were nice and calming, but also at the same time, when you get it wrong, you just kind of lose your mind. <laughs> um, so there's there's less zen um, in those games, but I I would definitely I check it out. Yeah, yeah, and it's certainly one that if you're looking for a sort of a break from the more frantic games, you might want to check out. It's definitely, I think, Zen is 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 good is a good description of where it's at with that. Um, next up, we've got a game that I can't deny that I'm slightly interested in, although I did think it was a fairly heavy price um, when I saw it. Uh, Bandai Namco Entertainment have announced a sequel to Captain Subasa: Rise of New Champions. It's coming out in 2020, and the game is a mix of Dragon Ball Z and well, football. So. Um, there's a whole kind of gameplay um, thing going on online at the moment that came out uh, this week where you can watch a game. Um, watching, I'll, I'm going to make my first comment being that I'm probably, the, uh, well, certainly, usually I'm the only person that ever regularly plays football games. But um, I kind of like this in, the, in terms of the animation and the kind of old school arcade style. We've got a few cheap versions of this on the Switch, but this looks a bit more quality, Anton. Definitely. When I saw this, I kind of thought it would be um, kind of an off-brand version of FIFA, like a something mm. like that. But going into it, it had a lot of charm. Um, it's nice to see a, a more premium game. Like, obviously, we've had some indie games that I've tried to play on the soccer genre already, but to see a, a much more premium high-end title kind of just go insane with it mm. was actually quite fun. And it kind of uh, reminds me a lot of the Neo Cup games from the, the late 1990s where yeah. it's more of a tongue-in-cheek football game. Mm. Yeah. I'm, no, I agree. I mean, you know, what, Emily, what about, what's your thoughts on it? Is it something that you would play or something that you would um, try, you know, having a go Yeah. Of? Yeah, probably. I was looking, because we'd, we'd looked at uh, some gameplay stuff before and it's, it's like the mix of Dragon Ball Z and soccer is a perfect uh, description because it's it's got that kind of nice energy and I've I've controversially um, yet again hate FIFA like I I, <laughs> I just hate sports games for a start usually um, so I need something that's going to be like engaging um, so the nice kind of like upbeat um, anime-ness of 
uh, Captain Tsubasa sounds quite quite good. Yeah, I mean, FIFA have shortchanged Nintendo players since the Switch arrived for a start. Oh, you know, yeah. massive. Well, EA have shortchanged Nintendo players, and also FIFA itself, the game, have shortchanged FIFA players over the last ten years because, you know, really we're getting a rehash of the previous year's you know package with a few extras apart from the the journey, which is we don't have on the Switch, which is their kind of single player adventure type mm. mode, but. You know, the reality is that this could end up, if it does well, it could actually, Alistair, end up being the most, um, the best-selling football game on the Switch. <laughs> well, you know what? I would love that, because there's one thing I've never really understood about about football games coming out every year, and how, I mean, football game is just a football game. I've been playing football games on this sort of SNES mm-hmm. since, I don't know, SNES soccer and stuff. And effectively, as far as I'm concerned, they've all been the same thing. Just oh, updated some teams dear. and maybe tweaked some physics, but it's basically the same thing. Oh, yeah, this, I'm this in the boat. I'm in the same boat. Because I was watching that thinking, yeah, okay, this just looks like another football game with cartoons, until all of a sudden a giant fiery bear appeared out of nowhere and fired a big fiery <laughs> ball at the goal. Yeah. It, yeah. it was different. Absolutely. I mean, so if we, if we brought... The, the only thing that I think could top this is a port to switch of... Uh, Mario Strikers. Yeah, I was going to mention comes. Mario Strikers actually because that's be probably what it reminds me of in terms of um, football games. I have to slightly disagree with Alistair on that on that note because there <laughs> is there is a big difference um, from playing a, a you know a FIFA or a PES from you know 2006 and then one from 2012. Um, in my opinion, it probably is if you know what you're looking for. Yes. As someone who doesn't ever watch football or play football, <laughs> yep. to me, it's just the same game. It's some people running around kicking a ball at a goal. I don't yeah. see the difference. Yeah, but no. I just don't know the nuance. That's Definitely. fair. That's, That's fair. fair. That's fair. Nevertheless, at the, the end of the day, I've got to give Bandai Namco a lot of credit. It's it's obviously it's a lot easier to sell football games to people who like football. So, but them managing to get like my my attention, your attention, yeah. uh, is impressive, and I'm kind of. Uh, I could only imagine if I was and like more familiar with the future mm-hmm. football games. Uh, well, actually, that that is a good point. So, who's going to buy the game? You and I are interested in it. Are you interested enough to actually buy it? Because I, I like mm. the idea, but I'm not going to buy it. I, I think mm. it would be have to be a case of even just the tiniest demo. Uh, you might uh, get hooked because I imagine people like Mike who like their games. They're probably going to buy if FIFA comes out with a good one. They're probably going to buy a proper football game. This isn't. This isn't probably what's me class as a proper football game, um, so I'm trying yeah. to know who the audience is. I like to think they will be quite successful, but hmm. I see. I see. What I think that FIFA misses now, especially on the Switch, is um, it doesn't have the same fun multiplayer element that you get in many, many other games on the Switch. And I think this is where this could shine. If there's a good two-player mode or a good multiplayer mode where you can all kind of jump in and play a bit and like Mario Strikers had the potential to do or FIFA Street was one of the other ones that was quite fun because all about skill shots and things um, you know I think there is potential for that as well and I, I think the audience you know I think you'll find there'll be a lot of younger um, players who like football but maybe are bored from you know getting the same generic FIFA game year on year out mm. year, year in year out so you know I think there's potential there no, I, I agree, because I think especially with, with Nintendo's past habits of, of, of bringing the, the somewhat competitive or normy games like Fortnite and Overwatch to Switch, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they thought, 
that there would be a market for for your fifas so yeah like, it could happen i agree yeah. i agree i've got to say as well there's a discount in the um e-shop which is my worst nightmare right now because it's um yep. football well, i mean there's lots of nightmares on there because anytime they release the they reduce a game i go please i have far too many games stop reducing games i want to buy <laughs> uh, but this week i noticed that football manager 2020 was on sale and it's annoying because it's not on sale enough that it's a definite buy but it's on sale enough that it makes me think it's a good deal but i can't if i buy that that's 120 150 hours gone oh, like definitely on that and i can't afford that because i need to play other games so i can talk about them on this podcast i, Just I am ask completely you the same it winds me up well, well, Anton, you're, you know what I'm talking about, not with Football Manager, yeah. but with other games, right? Yeah, for instance, right now, every single time that they've put Ikaruga on sale, it's only been like a very 20% sale, but at the same time, it's a game I want, and they keep on putting on sale when I don't have like enough money where it's like, oh, I don't care. But at the same time, it's yeah. enough money, like it's cheap enough where it's like, I could, but I shouldn't. <laughs> well, so the great thing that I end up getting into is that I end up buying enough big titles to get gold points. So then when a sale comes along, I use all my points so I get free sale games. Ah, that's clever. That's very clever. I'm uh, not that well. I just I just get too greedy and I see my points. I'm like, oh, use them, <laughs> use them. Which is really, really yep. stupid. I, yeah. I need that 12 pence off. Yeah. You know what's important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> all right, next up, we've got Square Enix, uh, the collective. They've announced the Turing Test, which is coming out on the 7th of February, so not that long to go. It's a first-person story-based puzzle game set on Jupiter's moon, Europa. This looks, uh, Alistair, quite interesting, I think. It does. So it's. Uh, I think it's been out on other platforms for a while from memory. I think it came out in 2016 on uh, the Xbox and PC and PlayStation, all the usual uh, candidates. And it's just coming to the Switch now. But um, it's, uh, I, I think I'm right in saying, Anton, a first-person puzzle game. So you're running with a gun. Indeed. But you're mostly puzzling. Yeah, it looks a lot of shooting some form of input pad that mm. moves something in a 3D space and then traversing in first-person. Um, it, it's definitely got some portal vibes however it yeah. doesn't play with the first person medium aspect of it too much outside of you having some form of puzzle gun <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean the portal thing was definitely what I got um, instinctively from watching the mm. trailer but um, I, is it going to be because the problem with these is that I think to get people to really be interested in them, it has to have a really unique hook, like Portal had the unique hook it, it, it had it from, from day one um, will this, mm. Emily have that hook, do you think? Mm, I'd like to think so um, I, uh, because I, I feel like there's a specific reason that it's got a setting on one of Jupiter's moons, I, I, I quite like that it's not just we're doing portals um, and that it's that there's more puzzle to it. I always appreciate more of a story and depth in my games, especially when it comes to to something like this. So I'm like fingers crossed, but at the same time, mm, I'm not holding out hope. Yeah, mm. uh, it's uh, sorry, Anton. On you go. No, yeah, I think the main a lot of the audience for this game I could see picking it up for it being possibly one of the more graphically impressive games on Absolutely. the Switch. it does look gorgeous. At, I believe it's a £15 title off the top of my head, so I think it's on the more conservative price-wise. Uh, that might be based off the, the P, might be the PS4 price, but uh, I think in terms of being impressive, I think if 
maybe a Let's Player does something on it. Mm. I could see people using that as a way in, but from the trailer alone, um, I, I don't know about yourselves. Yeah, I saw the game. I didn't know what the, the mechanics of it were. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I, mm. I, I, similar for me. Alistair, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm certainly intrigued. I mean, the whole concept from uh, behind it is um, turning up to find out where all the crew went. Uh, and you, I think, I think you've got to puzzle your way through a whole lot of problems that uh, they've designed that only a human can get through. So I presume some, I don't know, rogue artificial intelligence, a robot has gone, been set loose, and you've got to do all these puzzles to prove you're human, which kind of does intrigue me, actually. Uh, and I guess that's how you go to rescue the crew or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's intriguing, and I wouldn't mind giving the demo a shot just to see how it goes. Um, in terms of pricing, Anton, you're spot on, fifteen ninety nine. Oh, wow. Splendid. Mm, there we are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think definitely if it tipped under a tenner, that's going to be the, the best-looking game you can buy on Switch under a tenner, oh, yeah. which doesn't seem crazy i need to stop this every episode i'm like it's good but what if it was on sale <laughs> but nonetheless um you know i think it's good i i would all i would need is one good review and i would be on board mm. yeah all right well next up we've got a, a game which potentially could throw pokemon off of emily's switch for a while because it's called temtem have you seen temtem <laughs> emily are you interested i i haven't seen it i'm i'm I've got my switch in my hand now, so I'm looking through the eShop. But um, I, there's no way that Pokemon could ever <laughs> be uh, surpassed by another well, game. Well, I will tell you though. Like, I will tell. You, what I will say is this looks really, really solid. And not only that, um, it's already getting a little bit of love from people. People are already going. Hmm, I think this could be good. Um, Anton, have you seen this? Yeah, it's recent, it's been released in early access on Steam. Okay. And apparently it's literally, it's done the full rounds. It's had like record-breaking numbers of people playing it. It's had like servers going down because it was so And it's an MMO, isn't it? Yeah, it's like MMO, Pokemon. Uh, I think it's got cards rather than that have the animals on them. Uh, but I won't lie, I've never seen such a confident... Uh, attempt at a Pokemon competitor, whether it be a Digimon or a Yokai, uh, not Yokai, <laughs> Yokai Watch. <laughs> Yo-Kai Watch. Mm. Um, it, it's got a lot of confidence behind it, and I'm I haven't heard anybody say a, a harsh thing against it. And usually, when it is a competitor like that, let's say even uh, Yokai Watch, which is so loosely uh, a competitor to it, mm-hmm. um, even though that's what a lot of the the original response was to it, um, this. It's managed to surpass the expect the comparison, which is impressive. Yeah, um, Emily, have you had a chance to sort of um, look at any screenshots of it yet? Because I'm really yeah, intrigued to I'm, get your reaction to this. It's, I don't want to admit it, but it looks good. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Past me is like having a heart attack. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like it's visually stunning. I have to admit, and I think that, especially. As much as I did really love uh, Sword and Shield, and I do, um, the downfalls of like the wild area and like the the MMO ness of uh, the attempt uh, was just really not there. So I don't know. Maybe I will pick it up, and and that will be it for me. Yeah. But I hope not, because I love Pokemon too. Much. <laughs> yeah, you'd feel slightly guilty at doing that. I mean, it's a. Yeah, I think exactly. I think this was a Kickstarter, Anton, wasn't it? 
Yes, um, I think it was. I think it was a Kickstarter came out, and I believe it asked for about eighty thousand, mm. and then it got like half a million. Wow. It really wow. outdid wow. everybody's expectations. It looks gorgeous, though. I'm looking at it here, and 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 honestly, it's. Um, I'm really impressed by the the way it looks. It's even got old school kind of Zelda vibes about it as well in some areas, I think. And it's, um, I think, you know, fair play to them. And it's actually good, Alistair, I think, to get a success story from the likes of Kickstarter where people have really Mm. invested a lot of um, faith, not the money so much, but more the faith you've got in um, in a company and a team to deliver something. I think they might just have done it, Alistair. It certainly looks that way. I mean, I completely agree with you. Kickstarter has a, a bit of a dodgy reputation. There's a lot of things that have um, been hyped massively and then not quite lived up to the expectation, let's put it politely. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one looks like it's going to be uh, a Kickstarter darling. Um, the The game looks beautiful. The reviews are fantastic. It's pretty cross-platform, which is uh, really, really nice to see. Um, they've taken they've taken a big gamble with this, and it looks like it's paying off yeah. uh, in yeah. leaps and bounds. The, the thing that's really filling me with confidence with this one is they're doing the early access on Steam, which there's been so many indie games where it starts with so much promise and then we start to see early builds that don't look so good, but then they're like, it's going to look better and then it never looks better and it's just like a slowly disappointment towards release. Yeah. Whereas this one's came out, it's got the early access, they, they've, they've proved that they can make a quality title even in the little that they've made so far. And that uh, so far I can only see things moving forward yeah it looks really good um, and we'll keep an eye on that and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more of Temtem as time passes by next up uh, we have one that I think Anton might be interested on this, interested in this is Head Up Games they've announced Bridge Constructor Ultimate Edition it's coming out on the 31st of January so just a few days to go Anton is it one you'll have a, a look at? <laughs> Well, what can I say? The game of the, the awards for 2020 are officially in, and it is one. Uh, I have the normal one, and I believe they're going to be doing a, an upgrade package. Um, uh, you can usually pick up a Bird Constructor. I think it was like a £2 title I picked up. So uh, they're going to offer an upgrade and the full game. I believe it's going to be £15. Pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, zero complaints that normal Bridge Constructor is a fun, little wee casual uh, lose yourself in it just trying to figure out the best way to do it um, it's kind of terrifying because the whole premise of it is just trying to build a bridge but as cheap as possible and cutting as many po- corners as possible <laughs> uh, which says a lot about real life uh, but yeah this one has the DLC included and some uh, original content that's exclusive to the Ultimate Edition mm-hmm. uh, you know excited to get back into the game I had tons of fun with the, the original title yeah it's um it's one that I instantly thought of you, Anton, when I saw it. But uh, Alistair, what about you? Is it one that you would look at? Uh, I don't know is the honest answer to that. I have never played a Portal game and I've never played... Have you? Shocking. You've never, never played a Portal game? I've never played a Portal game. Nope, never done it. Oh, um, Alistair. I've missed it. I just have. Uh, well, we have to play Portal 2 together because it is one of the best co-op experiences out mm-hmm. there. It's a fantastic co-op game. I'm up for that. So yeah, on the basis of I never played Portal, I've also never looked at Bridge Constructor Portal before. So yeah, we'll see. I, this is I think this is just the Bridge Constructor side of it. Oh, yeah, right? so, so this is the, just the original. Not linked to Portal. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, that's because we were talking yeah. about Portal a minute ago, and it, they I also are get quite annoyed at uh, physics-based games. I'm not very good at them. Really? <laughs> well, um, well, Portal Two, we definitely have to, to to visit. Emily, what about you? I don't know. Have you, do you share Anton's love for Bridge Constructor type games? I, I don't know if I do. I do. Appreciate that was way too quick. Um, yeah, I was just looking no. at you, look at your sweatshirt, like, no. I'm like no, no, I'm looking through these screenshots. It is on sale, it's 20% off currently. Um, 
for the pre-order, which is weird for it to be on sale yeah. before it's been put out. But it does look interesting. I've again, I've never been one to 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 play much uh, many construction games. I although I do, I I did play. Uh, Bad Piggies, if anyone ever played that no, on iOS. The Angry Birds spin-off. The Angry Birds spin-off, oh. which I thought was quite fun. And that's more like building a cart rather than building a bridge. Because mm. um, I like that kind of disaster. On a, but, um, on a side note, I watched a bit of the Angry Birds movie today and it's actually way better than I thought it was going to be. It's really fun. The first one? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I believe <laughs> Rovio, they actually wrote it, which is... Uh, really? Wow. Like they wrote and animated the first one, which almost bankrupt them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm when I, when you hear stuff like that, it gives you hope. But nevertheless, yeah. this is yeah. uh, not last <laughs> call. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> kind of begs the question, like, why did you watch that today? Because well, actually, it was recommended by someone. Um, funnily enough. Um, but um, yeah, look, let me watch the rest of it before I give you an analysis, and then I'll talk about it when we do our last call po- podcast for the Patreons, rather than using it in the main <laughs> podcast when people don't care that I watched Angry Birds the movie at eleven o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> However, this next title um, that has been announced has got me excited uh, hugely because Mage have announced Steins Gate Zero Elite for Switch. Now you might be thinking here, hang on a minute, Steins Gate is already out, Steins Gate Elite is already out, Steins Gate Zero is already out, what is this? So let me just explain it briefly. So Steins Gate the game, uh, the original anime game was with still images, it's the old school Steins Gate kind of anime version of it, which was the, the very original. Then there was an animated TV series of that game uh, with really amazing animations and then they combined it to make the elite version of that game. So that's Steins Gate, okay? Um, and that's the version that's out in the Switch now. So that's the one that I played and was raving about a few months ago. Um, a lot of people that were the purists for Steins Gate didn't like that version because they prefer the old school still image one rather than using the animation from the TV show. Um, now we've got already on the store, we have the follow-up. There's actually two further Steinsgate games. One's a kind of romance type one, and then Steinsgate Zero is the follow-up to Steinsgate. Um, and this is the animated version of that, because there was also a TV series of Steinsgate Zero. So what they're going to do again is combine the two, much like they did with the first Steinsgate, for the sequel. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, I've gone cross-eyed, no. literally. It's, it's, not, looking, it's, not that, it's not that hard, Alistair. It's not that hard. Literally, there's two games, Steins Gate and Steins Gate Zero, but they also made an animated version of Steins Gate, and now they're making an animated you version know, of Steins Gate Zero. That is it. It's, it's with the weird. word elite at the end of it. With the word elite, because the elite <laughs> version is the... just Instead of elite, score out elite and say animated. This is Persona 5 all over again <laughs> with the like Switch versions My and everything. God. You know... I, I I think I understand, but at the same time, I'm like, there's so many loops in between where I understand and ho- what was. You've happening. just yeah. you've just yeah. described the plot of Steins Gate right there, Anton. <laughs> that is literally what it's like trying to understand Steins Gate. Um, I'm really excited for this actually because I love the animated version of the of I like I love Steins Gate Elite. It was brilliant. It was fantastic. I never played the original Steins Gate. It's the same story, but it's done differently in terms of the animation. I thought it was fantastic, perfect for the Switch. And I will now wait for the Elite version of this to play that rather than the standard Steins Gate Zero because I played it that way the first time. Yeah, I, I find it funny when I, I read the announcement of it, I didn't know what was even happening of it. I was just like, Mike will understand, he'll translate to yeah. all of us. They were talking about multiple versions and all the different consoles and anime. Have, have, have you watched that 
uh, Polygon video on YouTube of the guy. He explains uh, how every Zelda game fits into the Zelda timeline. Amazing. That was what it was like. It's like a 25-minute video of him saying all of the Zelda games and where they fit in the timeline. That was what I went through just now. Uh, well, I'm sorry that the, the, that felt a little little intense there, but I promise you... No, 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 no. I promise I you that. that if you want to have a shot of the Steinsgate game, I will I will lend it to any of you to play it because it is one of the most wonderful storylines. I've. It's one of the best experiences of a story I've had in anything. Movies, TV, books, the lot. Oh, wow. Um, but it takes about six to eight hours to really sort of get going properly. But if you like um, time travel of any sort and you like kind of space-time continuum type conundrums then you'll love it it's really really good so oh, nice um so i thoroughly so should so should we wait for steins gate zero elite to fully understand everything no 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 whatever you do do not play steins gate zero before you play the first steins gate or the steins gate elite which is the first one not steins gate zero elite which is the second one <laughs> Or so play what it, but then get a DeLorean, go back in time, unplay it, tell you someone to play it, but then you might cross the streams and then, oh, I'm confused. Oh, uh, yeah, so pretty much. Start with Steinsgate Elite. Or Steinsgate. Steinsgate, on the Switch, let's forget the rest of them, <laughs> on the Switch, the first game you have to play is Steinsgate Elite. Okay? okay, and then I recommend if you play that, wait for Steins Gate Zero Elite. You can play the same story as of the sequel already, but it hasn't got the animation, so don't do that. We're going to get so see, many see, comments about shrug- this next week. You know that. People are if, going to message us. If, we sh- if we're struggling with these two titles, we have no chance when, once the Kingdom Hearts game starts oh, on the Switch. <laughs> we're, we're gone then. We're lost. But mm-hmm. Please let them come to the Switch, though, at the same time. Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next up, Digirati have announced Under Hero. It's coming to the Switch on the 14th of February. It's a side-scrolling RPG adventure. What's this one all about, Under Hero, uh, Anton? Yeah, it's... You know, it's got a weird cookie advert. It's um, it kind of reminds me if uh, it may be just a title alluding me to this, but if Undertale met Zelda Two, it's got a weird mm. puppet in the trailer. It's kind of got a creepy um, like this is a lost PS One game that was never finished, and it's all spooky game, uh, but not scary in its terms of itself. It's um. Yeah, just very odd and peculiar. Um, very indie in its aesthetic, but uh, kind of embracing its indiness, if you know what mm. I mean. I find it interesting that you that you picked Zelda too, because I was very much like, this looks like Undertale and Shovel Knight. Yeah. As in, yeah, I've also, Knight. as someone who isn't, yeah. I've, uh, I've, just out of curiosity, have any of you looked it up on Steam? I have not looked up in Steam. So, on Steam, they actually cite its inspirations, and its inspirations are actually Nintendo-based, so it's one of them is, inspired by Paper Mario and other RPGs. Ah, interesting. So there you go, side-scrolling RPG. And it's it's kind of cool. It's cutesy and dark in a funny, cute, light-hearted kind of a way. Yeah. And I guess very well-reviewed. It's been out since 2018 Excellent. on Steam. I was worried when you said mm-hmm. that you were going to say, and it gets terrible reviews after all that. I was no, really no, hoping no. It gets, it gets uh, 91, 93%. <laughs> really, really good. All right, I'm going to fire through some of the more than news stories because we've still got quite a bit to get through. Next up, um, we mentioned this already, but there are new demos out for the tourists, which we recommend thoroughly. Speedrunners, which Anton recommends we check Definitely. out. Definitely. Give it a go. And also <laughs> on the 30th, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, which again gets great reviews and maybe is overlooked slightly just because of the the nature of the Switch and when that came out. So just again, maybe check that out. I'm going to try out that demo as well as Speedrunners too. It's great when we get these demos, Alistair, isn't it? Because it gives us a chance to sort of try before we buy. It is. I, I love the fact we get demos. There's something I've missed back in the old days when you used to get them on a disc in a magazine. Oh, yeah. uh, the fact you can still get them now <laughs> is is great. And actually, Ukulele is one I'm going to go and try because I love Banjo-Kazooie and I missed the last game, admittedly, it was uh, a bit 
Mm, a bit of a ropey game I, from what I understood. I'm gonna, but this one should be good. I'm going to blow both Anton and Emily's mind right now by saying that I remember as a kid being really excited to get my um, my magazine on a monthly basis with its cover cassette. <laughs> no, I will do you one better, Mike. Uh, my one of my first computers was uh, N6, uh, a Commodore 64, yes. and uh, my mother had kept the magazines where they had the pages <sighs> full of code that you could copy out. Yes, no. but the sad that. thing is, is, I was doing this when the original Xbox exists. <sighs> what was I doing with my childhood? That's <laughs> you were preparing yourself for this podcast. Absolutely. Also, for when you get a chance to have a shot of my Spectrum next when it finally arrives. But that's the story of reality. <laughs> So jealous. So jealous. <laughs> You're going to love that. You're going to have a go. Right, next up, probably one of the nicest stories I've seen well, since the Switch came out, actually. This is an oh, amazing yeah. story. So this is father, uh, father as in a dad, Rory Steele, used the Xbox adaptive controller to allow his daughter to play Breath of the Wild. And this is uh, for his daughter, nine-year-old Ava, uh, who has hereditary spastic paraplegia, and she has trouble controlling motor function and speech. Um, so those symptoms make it difficult difficult for her to play video games, just like her friends do. But her dad's changed all that by adapting this Microsoft Xbox controller, um, doing a whole bunch of stuff. He bought everything off of eBay, put it all together and uh, created something incredible. And I'll tell you, Anton, I think this is summed up by the smile on her face when she plays it. It is one of the most heartwarming things I've seen in a while. It's absolutely lovely. And uh, I think... The what Microsoft's been doing with the adaptive controller has been really great. They've been super like uh, friendly about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've made the patents open to everyone. All their R and D they did into it. Uh, if you're not familiar, the adaptive controller is basically almost like a tablet with uh, kind of fourteen uh, connectors on the back <clears> where you can plug in joysticks. You can have massive buttons. You yeah. can have moisture sensors, so you could put things in uh, like if you wanted to use your mouth for a controller. Um, so it's got these 14 little wee inputs and uh, in this case uh, Rory's went ahead and used an adapter I believe it was the re- um, the 8-bit dough adapter to connect it to a switch uh, however I, I hope then Siri's chiming in um, nevertheless uh, I really hope Nintendo makes a way because these the, the R&D and the research development has been put out there to the public and mm. uh, I hope uh, in future we get something that will make it a little bit easier so you're not having to use third party adapters yeah. or mod to get this main adaptive controller unit to work but it's absolutely heartwarming nonetheless oh, absolutely I, d- I don't think uh, Microsoft have, have been given enough credit for for making this and and, and, and doing that because it's, it's so amazing um, and hearing again stories like this it's incredible yeah, and, and get, cause, sorry Anton yeah because even outside of the the accessibility people are able to do fun stuff there's yeah. um, a man on twitch who made a, a costume that was a goose costume and then programmed it so he could play untitled goose game by like spreading his arms fantastic and by waddling and <laughs> so it's like label plus yeah oh. yeah it's incredible i mean um also i think one of the most amazing things about this story and uh, is just that gaming is such uh, an inclusive thing and N- nintendo especially um, historically I've had such an inclusive um, platform mm. for, for games and it, it's amazing that Microsoft have this so that you know people like Rory can put together something which is you know hopefully then going to help not just Ava but then other people in the future Yeah I suspect oh, I'm, I'm hoping that it has inspired people because uh, th- there's 
I suspect a lack of knowledge out there about what you can do. Uh, and this story has been all over the news, so I'm hoping that it's, it's spread the good word, so to speak, around, and it'll inspire more um, carers, parents, teachers to uh, to maybe go out and, and help other other children and uh, indeed adults who might not be able to play video games before to um, to enjoy them. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. All right, we're going to move through a few more of the stories now because we are, um, we're already nearly in it. Well, not quite. We're 47 minutes in already and we've still got loads to get through, but that's that's a good thing. On the way next, Animal Crossing fans are super happy as new magazine scans reveal new renders of tons of characters showing both long and short shelves. So in other words, Animal Crossing is coming very soon, Anton, and people are getting excited. Yep, I, I find it funny. I, I go on a kind of Nintendo Instagram and people are excited because they have toes now. Um, <laughs> they have long and short sleeves uh, in terms of their outfits because I think before nice. they just all had like a yep. vest basically. And, uh, you know, I might not understand it, but I'm happy that the, the kind of fandom that's been left dormant for so long is finally getting oh, some yes. love. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, are you going to be one that plays it, Emily? Because I think we were trying to discuss, we were trying to decide who of us was going to be there from the sort of day one type, um, type thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of in two minds because I've never really played one before properly, but I do love the look of, um, of the one coming to the Switch. Is it one that you'll be buying? Oh, absolutely. I missed, uh, to be honest, I've actually never properly played a mainline Animal Crossing game, and my first real interaction with it was the the iOS game. Oh yeah, um, which I thought was really sweet. I loved it. Um, I stopped playing it after a while because it had that kind of freemium content, which I didn't really appreciate. But um, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to get it as soon as it comes out. Um, so I can't wait to have nothing else. Uh, happening in my life except Animal Crossing yeah. Um, not, long, yeah. not long to go as well it's only well less than two yeah, months yeah exactly um, See, sorry Anton I, I find it funny as um, I was in originally two minds of it because originally it was coming out between uh, the same day as Doom Eternal mm. uh, which making a decision between those games how could you even do that uh, so uh, but that's been sadly delayed, so I, I think I'll give this game a wee go now that it's not competing with uh, Doom. Yeah, well, they said, thankfully, Panic Button have sort of reassured, reassured fans by saying there'll only be a small delay on the Switch. And to be fair, Panic Button, thankfully, we trust Panic Button because they've got a great track record so far on the Switch. Uh, and it will be getting an even harder Nightmare difficulty, <laughs> which features permadeath. To be honest, um, I was hoping to say we'll get an even easier, super easy idiot mode. <laughs> that would have been much better for me because I love Doom, but... My goodness, it's hard going. Oh, yeah. I don't know about yourselves. I'm really excited because Panic Button haven't done a, a big AAA in a wee while. It's been a, a couple smaller indie <coughs> ports. And, uh, you know, Doom, I think, is their kind of magnum opus of Switch ports. So yeah. uh, excited to see a game that was built up with a Switch in mind. Yeah, mm. it's going to be really interesting to see. A game that's disappeared in the eShop, and interesting, this one, because it was getting really good reviews and it was one that I was looking at as a potential because it, it it has um, a really interesting premise and a good storyline and looks great, but To The Moon has gone from the eShop, uh, Anton. what What's this all about? Do we know? We, we have no idea, and it's been a complete mystery. It's interesting where in which, obviously, this is a game, I believe, that's been out for almost like years I think close to a decade it's an old RPG maker game uh, however it's only been taken down in PAL regions um, so this kind of rules out that it could be something like the, um, that game that had the, the code compiler inside of it oh, yeah. um, so it rules out anything being a code issue and potentially points towards something regional that's maybe a rye whether it be just poor uh, 
for like foreign translations or it could be uh, kind of something that's maybe insensitive this one's a, a complete mystery to us now so I think yeah, we're going to have to I read a few things online and I think the closest or probably the most likely uh, suggestion I'd heard was that it was maybe something to do with a rating review or because uh, apparently that has happened a couple of times in the past okay. games have, have fallen foul of some sort of um, ratings agency somewhere and they've been just quietly pulled and someone gets tweeted and it goes back up that seems to make sense it could well be that but, but who knows yeah well we'll keep an eye on uh, a reappearing which I'm sure it will at some point um, well we hope it does anyway because it was uh, certainly people were talking or saying good things about it next up Nintendo wins an antitrust case regarding offering not offering sorry the options to cancel your eShop pre-orders this is a discussion we've had previously Alistair just very briefly um, it has implications this ruling I guess uh, it does uh, mostly because well I suspect it's mostly because it's um, the EU has been putting a lot of rules and been scrutinising e-sales for quite a long time they're, they're basically trying to standardise them with uh, non-digital world rights uh, this doesn't come as a huge surprise to me at all and is frankly quite a welcome addition yeah alright we'll, we'll, we'll move on just simply because we've got an awful lot to get through and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that anyway in future podcasts mm-hmm. uh, next up <coughs> Milk Bag Games dropped the price of Future Grind from fifteen twenty nine to £1.34 until the 29th of January so be quick if you want to get it they've said I'm really proud of our game Future Grind but it sold poorly uh, so we figured since it's going to make uh, isn't going to make too much money anyway we'd rather have people play it than not which seems admirable uh, Emily have you seen much of Future Grind? Uh, no naturally I've been just looking through the eShop now as we've been going along and I'm it's because it is 134 I was about to proceed to purchase and I find I have 138 gold points wow. so I'm getting that for free excellent um, fabulous <laughs> so I'm using all of them for a discount now. I have to say Anton it looks kind of nice and it's not one that I really yeah. know much about which is a real shame you know it's it's a real shame we, we do get a lot of these um, kind of fame and sh- fame stories of indie games that started mm-hmm. with a team of nothing and went on to make millions uh, as uh, similarly enough our next story is Stardew Valley 10, sells 10 million copies but yeah. nevertheless <laughs> um, in this case it's um, it's real sad because you know at the end of the day this is somebody's job and um, but at the same time £15 was way too much for this game um, yeah. I mean, it I've, came out to quite a fanfare didn't it it was all about physics it was supposed to be taking games like this to the next level really doing real world physics making it uh, really really accurate but I just don't think I, I don't think they necessarily pitched it correctly um, and they didn't market it particularly well either yeah yeah when when you look at the screenshots it looks like a cheap indie game but when you watch the videos it looks like to have a, a little bit more gameplay on its bones and uh, I hope they because I know this is currently a sale until the 29th of January. I hope after which they set it to a more uh, respectable price point where it's not having to compete with your Hollow Knights and your Stardews and your mm. even Cupheads at that similar sort of price mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's um, it's certainly on sale very, very heavily at the moment. So if you do like the look of it, and I've got to say I do quite like the look of it, you can do what Emily just did and buy it with your <laughs> gold points or just buy it for £1.34 because it ain't that expensive so you can do that as well next up as Anton mentioned Stardew Valley sells 10 million copies incredible congratulations uh, to the developers and the team behind Stardew Valley it's a game with so much content and uh, I have it and haven't got into it enough yet to play it because I feel fear that I'll lose 200 hours to that as well but um, yeah huge recommendation anyone here a Stardew player? 
No, but a couple of friends of mine, uh, yep. it's it's all they play. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very much one of those like uh, you either live with it or you 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 very briefly dabble. Yeah, I, I find it funny. I'm in the. The, the same sort of friendship circle in there that the levels people have invested in it oh and it, I, I see the love that they have for it and I've bought it but I'm so scared because I look at it I'm like I know so much less <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely uh, but it is one I think it looks amazing I've played a little bit of it I really love where it goes with it but I just as I say I just worry for my um, spare time and trying to play other games next up Signature Edition uh, sorry according well actually look, do the Signature Edition one first Sig- Signature Edition online, <clears throat> excuse me, is currently doing a flash sale for physical Switch games. So some of these include Yonder, which uh, I've finished actually, Bomber Crew, For the Kings, uh, Dead Cell, uh, Count Lucanor, which I have, Moonlighter, which gets really great reviews, uh, The Coma, um, I don't know which, what that is, Bra- uh, Brawl, Brawl Pit, is it? Brawl, Brawl Pit. Pit uh, For yeah. the King, Runbo, and Truberbrook, which also gets pretty well reviewed until the 30th. So these are signature edition. Um, are these people that sort of make a game, sort of physical versions of games that don't have it already, Anton? They do a mix of two things. They have one where they kind of add like a limited run games and they'll do limit short runs. It's not like the, the pre-order model. It's just they make them and then sell them. Mm-hmm. And then they also have normal standard games. But the, the gimmick is that all of them are signed. Ah. Um, they're UK based. And in the sale, these games range from the, the ones I've listed for us. Um, they're between 10 and I think the most expensive is £22 for collector's edition. Oh, don't tell um, me things like that. And they're signed. So, you know, they're not your, the best, like the, the kind of a lot of people's headline indie games, but they're still, they're not your C-grade stuff. It's some mm. good titles in there and they're signed, well, which... I would say from that list, the ones that I, you can give me your recommendations, certainly Yonder, if you want a really relaxing game that has no combat in it at all, but has a really good adventure and beautifully lit and some really nice um, sort of relaxing hours to play on the Switch, I, I recommend Yonder. That's good. Count Lucanor is a, is a kind of top-down, really nice game as well. Moonlighter gets great reviews. There would be my suggestions. Um, what about um, you, Alistair? Have you played any of those or any of those? I mean, I have to say, I want to go buy them all now. <laughs> well, it's because you're you, Mike, yeah, and you can't stop I yourself. I know, but I can't. And no, I've, I've not played any of them, but what I found quite amusing about the sale is quite a lot of the ones they have for sale are um, French artwork. They have noted underneath it, it's like £10, brackets, French artwork cover, right. close. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I say, I'm in a, I, I say I can't do this, and then here I am literally um, Googling it as we talk. So anyway, let's move on before I buy <laughs> them all. Uh, next up, Skydance Television have announced Steinsgate uh, live-action TV show. <laughs> Look, I love Steinsgate. I'm so sorry, um, I love Steins Gate, Anton, but I'm not sure whether or not um, that I, I want to see a live action TV show. What's this all about? Yeah, you know, in, in my eyes, I think uh, they've literally just announced it. There, it's in production, so I think that's why I'm just killing the rumor mill before it starts. <laughs> but um, I think everybody's seen the success that the Witcher shows had. We've had the Castlevania show. I think people have learned that, tel- and we've got the, the Halo show coming along soon. And I, I think people have learned that. Mm. Um, we may not be good at adapting games into movies, but they work fairly well in the television form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it, it's something that's hugely popular, Steins Gate, um, in Japan, and it's certainly, um, uh, you know, it'll be one that will do well no matter what they do with it. I mean, honestly, they could announce, 
you know, anything uh, with Steins Gate on it. And if it's got Steins Gate, then it'll it'll do well there. And I think it'll have a spin-off <laughs> over here as well for probably people like me, realistically, that, that, that love the story. So I'll, I'll probably will have a look, but I'm not 100% sure was my thing. Right, let's move on then, because I can't believe we're nearly at an hour. But then it is our 50th episode, well, you, so who you cares? skipped over let's a story, move on. Mike, but actually... <laughs> I did, and I didn't mean to because I said I'd come back to it. So let's oh, not move on. The... We're going to go over an hour before we get to rumours, but let's talk about this. According to the annual State of the Game Industry Survey, 37% of developers are interested in making a game for Switch, uh, alternative to 38% for PS5, and 25% for the Xbox Series X. That's a solid performance, Alistair. That is a really solid performance. So the Xbox Series X one is really, really low, but uh, I'm not entirely sure if that was specific to uh, where they are in their cycle of development, what they've announced. PlayStation 5, there's obviously a lot of hype for at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the the developers to be only saying there's a one percentage point between them and Switch developer interest, that is, uh, that's kicking some major backside for Nintendo. I mean, well done, guys. Yeah, I mean, we are at an interesting point in the Switch cycle. We've mentioned this before, Anton, where, you know, we're at this kind of midway point, you might want to say early midway, but certainly um, it feels like a lot of developers who maybe weren't on board at the start are now going, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's a good mm-hmm. way to go. Def- definitely, and uh, the, the thing to also bear in mind is the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are based on x86 architecture which is basically a one-click port from the other like from a pc the system it would be developed on uh, the nintendo switch has a, a few more hoops to jump through mm. so uh, never mind having to kind of accommodate for handheld mode docked mode uh, the joy cons and all that stuff so for even with those little wee added uh, kind of challenges to port into Switch compared to the other two. Sell good numbers. Yeah. So there are a few nuances to this that I'm, I, I would quite like to know a bit more about. And what I was thinking was, the Switch is, it's a console that's out, it's running. The developers know how well it's doing. Are they sitting here thinking, well, PlayStation 5 and Xbox are coming out, they're big, beefy machines, but we don't know how well they're going to do, particularly with cloud gaming coming along. Cloud gaming is far more of a competitor for PlayStation and Xbox than it is for the Switch, because the whole mm-hmm. point of Switch is you pick it up and you walk around with it. That's its yep. big hook. Whereas these other ones, they are physically linked in your house anyway, so well, they are the ones that are likely to get overtaken by things like Google Stadia and Apple Gaming and all the, the other options out there. So I'm wondering if that's why there's less enthusiasm for these particular consoles than there might have been. Yeah, I think as well as that is um, obviously we're, we don't really know where the industry's going uh, with those two other consoles. It could go either way. And uh, as well as that, um, Kemp remarked that uh, Stadia isn't even uh, an, an, a percentage in this co- conversation, uh, which uh, gives me faith in uh, the Switch being <laughs> yeah. the, the home yeah. for handheld gaming for a couple more years. Mm, I think we're probably safe for a little while longer. Um, to be perfectly honest. But um, yeah, it's certainly interesting and and long live the Switch is what we're all saying, really. Uh, (laughs) Next up then, let's move on because uh, I think it's time that we do to this week's rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... First of all, Sega rumour for you, and this is one that I think Anton will jump on. They've declared (laughs) the Sonic 2020 project with promise for new announcements every month, Anton. Indeed. Very exciting. Uh, I'm big into my Sonic fandom. Uh, Where people are thinking is uh, we're going to get some form of sequel to Mania, which will be all original. Mm. And 
there's a, a lot of speculation about a Sonic Adventure either one and or two remake. Not too sure myself, but uh, I would expect at least one 3D Sonic game, one 2D Mania style game, and potentially a remake of either the Adventure games or either a port slash remake of Generations or Colors or something in that mm-hmm. era. Yeah, there's a lot of but those, nonetheless, a lot of decent titles on the kind of the DS kind of era that that a lot of Sonic mm. fans will never have played. Emily, that um, that that have real opportunity now to come to the Switch, and and those could be in there. No, I agree. I I think it's I think it's very exciting, and I always appreciate when uh, companies do a year-long project. Uh, it was like when when the Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Company had their big anniversary a couple of years back. They brought out loads of really great content and and announced games here, there, and everywhere. So I, I'm looking mm, forward to I'm it. I'm going to throw out a wild card speculation, which I think people wouldn't be happy with. I think one of the a possibility for one of the Wii U games that we're getting could be Sonic Lost Worlds, oh, yeah. as it was mm. developed with Nintendo um, for the Wii U and then later got ported to uh, Steam uh, oh, nice. several years after the original had came out. Uh, but that would be a very mixed response from people. But nevertheless, <laughs> I have rambled enough about Sonic and we've got many other exciting rumours. All right, next yes. up, the new a new patent has shown a Joy-Con strap with a built-in stylus tip. I've said for a while, Alistair, I wish they would stop giving us good things like styluses, although I know you could probably pick up a cheap one, a pound shop or whatever, that probably works. But the point being, that just encourages me to play Football Manager. <laughs> As if you need more encouragement. Although, I don't quite understand why you do a Joy-Con strap yeah, it's odd. with a stylus. Convenience, maybe. I mean, it's you know, just it's there. You don't, you won't lose it because it's in there. Yeah, you know? I can understand it like a stylus stuck to the side of the Joy-Con or something. That makes sense. But why put on I a agree. strap? I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> you know how I see it is they're like, hmm, I guess we could glue a, a rubber tip on these. Sell <laughs> uh, that, for That's another feature we can put on the Pro. I mean, the the worst thing is that I and I always love um, touch screens on because I, I I've loved it on on all the DS games and whatever. But then they put it on Switch and then half the games just don't use it. It's not it's they not just, even that. It's uh, you for it's either games that are purely touch screen based and you're like I could play this on an iPad or it's yep. games that have it and accompanied to normal controls and you f- you don't think to even touch yeah. the screen. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that's. That's where management games have the potential on the Switch to be used, um, <laughs> especially football-related ones. Um, also, um, Mario Maker as well, I will say. So, you know, Super, Super Mario Maker is a good one. That's not football mm. manager-related. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% convinced by that, but hey, um, I'm the kind of idiot that might buy it. Next up, new Peggy Age rating. I have linked a new Mortal Kombat collection with a K for Nintendo Switch. Um, I remember when Mortal Kombat 2 came out and there was all this big... Um, controversy because it had real blood in Mortal Kombat and people were mm-hmm. kind of losing their minds about it there was a, I can remember it being in the news and everything else do you remember that? I I do yeah back in the good, good old days when people got upset about such things <laughs> I mean looking back now I looked at it recently and went wow we were really worried about that about that you know infiltrating our minds because it doesn't even look like it's blood but ha- having said that um, a Mortal Kombat collection I think Anton will be really popular much like the Street Fighter one yeah, mm. you know, if they if they could make money selling just Street Fighter Two for thirty nine ninety nine, 
you know fighting fans will be all over the Mortal Kombat collection uh, especially considering I feel like the Mortal Kombat's compete with themselves less it isn't a case of your Street Fighter 4 player or Street Fighter 2 player like it isn't like that it's like nah I like the Mortal Kombat I'll play them all mm. um, I, I'm hoping they go like I, I feel like this collection would have the first trilogy I'm hoping they get some of the PS1 games in there so it's not just uh, some 16-bit stuff but it would be fun to play these games on Switch, definitely. I, mm. I loved the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got some Smash-related uh, um, news from one of the most prolific yeah, prolific uh, Smash leakers who predicted that Byleth was coming to Smash, Mandy Can, who says that we're getting a Crash Bandicoot, uh, which should be ace, as part of uh, Challengers Pack 2. Emily, you're playing Smash, so come on, is this is this exciting? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you said that was going to be good news, and I... Oh, I, I mean, I, I know, controversial. Like, there's there's all the, the rumours about, like, or not the rumours, just, like, the the fan uh predictions about like oh we'll get like you have to pick three between oh pick one of either crash minecraft steve or like sora and like i don't want any of them and i really hate that but like i get crash would probably be the one i would have to choose because i think he does have that history um and that kind of star power that really belongs in smash and and his uh the creativity that that they would have for his like move sets and everything would work really great. So he would work the best for Smash, um, and I, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it came up. But I would just be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I mean, for me, it's probably more likely to make me want to play Smash if Crash is in there. But um, right, well then, fair game. But yeah. you know, but I think that's that's simply nostalgia. Not no other reason. Um, but you know, it's 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 good. I guess anything extra is is always good, and more content yeah. is good. So um, it's probably likely. It's a rumor just now. It might not happen, but um, we we think it's probably going to happen. Um, next up, we've got uh, ID Software's uh, Marty Stratton's commented on the idea of Doom Guy coming to Smash. And it says, we've asked them, we've bantered with them, we have a great relationship with them through bringing Doom 2016 to Switch and that kind of stuff. So we've got great people over there, but it's one of those things that we're like, wouldn't it be cool? But it's never gone anywhere serious, so we'll see. Let's be honest, though, Emily, you would be excited about that, wouldn't you? Oh, I probably would be. I, I think, <laughs> why not? Why not? Just, like, sprinkle him in there? Yeah. Um, he, could be this, he could be the sixth fighter, the one on the end that they tacked on for Challenger Pack 2. I mean, um, you know, Doom, but, Doom Guy against Crash Bandicoot, that, that's, that in itself uh, that's is worth it. it. Blowing my mind. We're seeing it on, on uh, Peach's Castle from 64, yeah, and it's like, exactly. what's happening? <laughs> I mean, um, must so, be... I mean, who knows? Yeah. How many characters are there in the roster now? I mean, there must be so currently not including Byleth because I had to count through all of them for some reason because <laughs> um, I have that kind of time on my hands. We're looking at uh, including the me fighters. It's seventy nine, so I think it goes to eighty with Byleth. Ah, that's amazing. That's great, and it's. Um, I mean, it is. It, it is really encouraging to hear of more. Um, you know, more content coming to games like this because there's a people Absolutely. that invest yeah. so much time in it. It's like Splatoon, which Splatoon Two, which did that great job of bringing new content regularly. So, um, yeah, I think I'm all for that, and and I don't play it, but I'm all for that because it's just great for people. You know, especially games like that where you people invest a lot of time in their life into it. 
So yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, Sakurai's said like kind of from the start, this will be like the definitive smash. Yeah. It won't be the last one probably because he'll get forced to make another one down the line. But like this will be the smash, and it won't do. It won't bring all of these characters back, like, ever again. That'll be it, like... Yeah, the, the thing that's making me hopeful is the fact that we got um, um, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. And with that makes me more confident that we might get, let's say, a Crash Bandicoot. Being totally. that if Microsoft's willing to let down their guard to let their mascot go into this, like, Hall of Fame of gaming... Yeah maybe other companies will be more comfortable to do the same. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone, I, I know we're running way over time, but I, I know it was, everybody looked at what um, Square Enix did with Final Fantasy, with Cloud, and, and just thought, wow, they did a really terrible job by giving them one character, two songs, and, like, that's it. So, like, the, the fan service is definitely, like, there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And I, I, along me that continue because um, that is the difference between a lot of Switch titles, I think, and a lot of other um, platforms, you know, a lot of, and a lot of the other mm-hmm. consoles. I think Nintendo does a great job. And, and the, 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 the publishers on Nintendo do a great job and they know they need to. So that's great that that's happening. Next up, Bloober Team have teased a sequel to Observer. <laughs> what a name. Um, Observer, Alistair, have you observed this one? Uh, I'm just aware of the fact it looks like another terrifying game. Yeah, this is <laughs> that's why I asked you, because I thought that you might be scared if I made you look at the screenshots. But um, uh, a sequel, there you go. We'll get that for your birthday. No, please don't. <laughs> I don't like being scared. <laughs> All right, well, we'll move on, because we've got a couple more to get through uh, in the rumours. Next up, WCCFTech.com shares that apparently the Switch Pro will not be using the previous presumed Tegra X1+, Plus, rather will be getting custom-built NVIDIA processors. So this is something which uh, I saw talked about quite a lot in the middle of the week Um since our last podcast, Alistair. The reality is that we still know very little about what this is actually going to mean in reality, really, because we don't we don't really know. It's a rumour. Yeah, it is just a rumour. So we, there's not too much that I really want to take from it. There's a lot you could take from it. But the fact that they're actually changing to a different um, processor is telling. Mm. There's, there's, mm. It's slightly worrying at the same time because we'll have to make sure that it, everything functions in exactly the same way to run all the old games. Um, but not too dissimilarly, otherwise you could end up with branches of uh, family game, branches of games that are only for the pro world, and that, that's something I thought, I don't think any of us really want that. I don't think we want pro-only games. I think yeah. pro-only um, games that, that, that will could, happen. That, this could hint to that. That's my prediction. I think pro-only games will be a reality. I think that's going to be a thing. I don't think. I think that it'll be compatible with every Switch game, but I think we're going to see eventually pro-only games, which, again, I'm not sure I want that, Anton, but I just have this feeling at my yeah. I yeah in in this case uh, I I wouldn't worry that it would be too different it's seemingly going to be like the almost if they let's say either did like a Tegra X2 or an X1.5 or something like that it would be on the same architecture uh, I think the telling thing of this is the processor in the switch is actually a lot more powerful than it needs to be because it's like underclocked by almost half of what it could be done in the Nvidia Shield so how I'm suspecting that is because Nintendo knows the Switch Pro will be successful, which they didn't know with the Switch, is they're getting a custom piece of silicon that will be less... It won't be overly powerful than it needs to be. It'll just be as powerful as it needs to be. Hoping that we'll not we'll have a console that will be... We'll be getting more performance for less cost. We're not paying mm. for any performance that okay. we won't be able to kill. 
And okay. I, well, that'd I be think interesting. as as well, like you you look what Nintendo did with the 3DS, and it it made one game for the new. Was it the new 3DS? Indeed. It was, they made it was a Xenoblade Chronicles game, right? They they did. I think a handful, but not many. And I'd, as far as I'm aware, they weren't, like, great sellers. Yeah, I think they had Xenoblade, they had Fire Emblem Warriors, and Minecraft were oh, the course, main Fire three. Emblem Warriors, yep, yep, yep. Uh, so I, I don't know if that would be... Although, to be fair, that was at the end of the 3DS lifetime, but I doubt they'd do it again. Yeah. thing is, if you're going to make a Switch Pro-only game, you're as well launching Switch 2. Yeah. Just say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I I, and I hope that's the case because I don't want them to sort of divide Switch players and and by doing that, I, th- I don't think that would be the right thing to do. But I, I just have a, a worry at the back, a niggle. But we'll see. I mean, hopefully, I'm completely <laughs> wrong. Next up, Golf Story devs. Uh, they they've shared that they they would like to have a physical release for Sports Story, which is just great news because I'd buy it. <laughs> Anton, um, oh, you know you've not played it yet, have you? No, I'm the odd one out, but uh, obviously I know you love it, and I, especially now that we've got the the Discord chat, I've been seeing everyone playing the mm. golf story, and uh, it's making me very jealous indeed. It's a great title, I mean, I genuinely, and, and I know Alistair's taken a bit of time to get through the, the end of it, but um, I, I know I can understand why, having played it, because it gets a bit kind of like... It's slightly more um, sort of everything seems to take a little longer near the end than you expect um, of it. But Sports Story, I think I'm really excited for uh, because it will take all those amazing ideas and maybe make an even better title. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, considering me and you've played golf story, so. <laughs> I mean, if you said, well, that would be very nice, then I'd be really shocked. Uh, next up, <laughs> EB Games Canada tweets a pre-order advertisement for previously PS4 exclusive Street Fighter V Champion Edition coming to Switch. However, they've um, come out to claim it's a mistake. Well, we've seen mistakes like that before, Anton. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it was a contractual like, uh, exclusive originally. Yeah, yeah. I have a theory the they've been working on it it's ready to go and the contract's not finished with PlayStation mm, uh-huh. uh, fighting games and esports games and competitive games always do better multi-platform mm-hmm. and uh, I think Capcom are, are smart enough to get this over to anything mm. and everything as quickly as possible yeah yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on it because I wouldn't be hugely surprised if that suddenly becomes um, multi-platform and, and not that original uh, PS4 exclusive. Alistair, yes? I was going to say, before you move on to uh, the quiz, which I think is probably coming next, did you guys see uh, what Reggie was saying this week about the Nintendo logo? Um, something. No, I, I didn't read into it exactly, no. Uh, I was doing a, it was an appearance, I think it was called Present Value Podcast he was on, uh, and he was talking about when he first turned up at Nintendo ages ago, Nintendo had been looking at how to, how to modernise the brand and make it more appealing to everyone, so they'd taken the, the Nintendo logo with, with what he described as the racetrack around it, and they were trying to do it into graffiti art and all kinds of stuff, and uh, Reggie just went, no, don't do that. The brand is a brand, and we're going to make everything really good about that brand. Stop it. Wow. <laughs> I like Reggie. I miss Reggie. Don't get me wrong. Bowser's great, but I like Too Reggie. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, just very briefly, speaking of that, we could invite him on our podcast at some point, because uh, at one point this year, we were at number four in the video games charts on iTunes, which mm-hmm. is incredible, actually. Genuinely incredible. And we've, we've kind of flirted in the top ten a couple of times. So, um, yeah, thank you for everyone that's... Um, listen to make that that possible we just found out this week because we thought oh we better go and check some stats and i I found somewhere we could and 
yeah, was pleasantly surprised that we've been top 40 in several countries on Spotify as well, which is great. So, um, yeah, really good. So, yeah, thank you very much to everyone. I think, will we do the quiz? Absolutely. All right, then. This, this is your first time with the new quiz, Emily. Oh, new quiz for well, yes. me. Let me yes, introduce it properly by, by, by playing the quiz jingle thingy. So it's time now for the quiz. I have so many questions. Woohoo! Right, so uh, we, we're back with the new format quiz. Um, Emily, you've not heard this before, so I'll give you a very quick rundown. Please um, do. Basically, each week I'm challenging my fellow gamers to find the real game from a list of three. Two of them are fake, one is real. Uh, there's some very weird and wacky games that we made over the years, and you guys have just got to tell me which one of these was actually genuinely made. Are we all ready? Okay, yeah, I think so. So, um, so you, you're going to, just so that Emily knows, you're going to tell us who's going first. And then, of course, mm-hmm. if you're going first, you may or may not want to run through your reasons why, or you may want to wait until the end until everyone's guessed. Yeah, so Smart. we'll give you the descriptions first, then I'll tell you who's going first. So, um, first game on the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Not the new ones, the original one. Um, accidentally drinking an experimental drink inflates Jerry into a bubble who floats his way through 15 levels, trying not to get popped on his way to find the cure. Game number one. Game number two, on Steam. The opening credits of this game show a hamster drinking a can of soda. The player then controls the bubble, the soda bubble fart-propelled animal. Did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> the soda bubble yep. fart-propelled mm-hmm. animal to crash through toy brick walls, fly up tableside cliffs and propel it through the toilet's waste pipe on this hilarious adventure. Game number two. Uh, and the last one is uh, PC Mac. A man is cursed into constantly defecating and at such a fast rate that it sends him flying around the world and even into space. Along the way, he meets an owl that becomes a spirit animal and, and a weapon, and he fights countless enemies, including Barack Obama. <laughs> Three completely random games. Uh, one of them is actually genuinely real. You just got to figure out which one it is. Wow. Uh, so far, hmm. we are on 2-2. Two, two. Anton has had got two. Mike has got two. Mike went first last time. Emily, this is your first time in the uh, quiz, so I think you get the honour of going first. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> OK. Uh, ooh. <sighs> Why not? It is the first... Uh, time. So I am going to go with game number three. So game number three, that was the PC Mac with the constantly defecating man. Mm-hmm. Any particular reason, or just feel like that's I, Again, uh, I'm taking Mike's advice here. I'm not saying anything to what everyone else has gone, so <laughs> giving it to me. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to Anton. Anton, you go next. Okay, um, I'm going for free, mainly uh, just... Uh, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be giving this away, chatting about this, but I will. I feel like the the fact that you mentioned that it was a PC and Mac title, um, compared to just being a Steam title like the other one, make, makes me ponder, shall I say? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, Mike, then over to you. Right. Um. So, this is a really tough one because my instinct was three as well because um, only because you were so specific about Barack Obama I thought that's a weird specific name to throw in there as a red herring <laughs> I was thinking that um, but what the what was the platform of the first one again that's the hamster one isn't it the hamster was the second one right and the first one was Jerry the uh, inflatable bubble boy in the Game Boy I mean the thing is they're all possible and also all ridiculous this is the problem with these so I it's a really tough one I think only because you've both gone for three and I would have gone for three as well 
But I think because you've both gone for three, I think I'm going to um, change and go for the first one um, and say, Jerry, the... Um, yeah. The, the inflatable bubble boy and, from the game. And the reason I'm not going for two instead is because I know you've got quite a lot, a, quite a, a toilet humour, Alistair, and it sounds like the kind of game that you'd make up. So <laughs> It sounds like you know me so, so well. So I'm going to go with number one because um, oh. I can't go with three mm. because it would be really okay. boring. Cool. Well, this is nice. We don't have consensus, so I'm loving this. Um, just... Uh, no, I'll, I'll start at number two because nobody's going for number two. Um, it was on Steam uh, and it was a hamster drinking the soda can and farting around the place. Um, yeah, that's completely fake. I completely oh. made that up. <laughs> um, Thank God. <laughs> I completely uh, from my imagination. So, Mike, you know me very well. Yeah, I told well. you, toilet humour. So, the question then is is it Jerry the Bubble Boy or is it the, uh, the defecating man? And uh, the one that was made up is Jerry the Bubble yeah, Boy. I. I I, I kind of thought but, it was three, but I thought it was going to really suck if we all go for three again. <laughs> well, actually, it's interesting because I don't. It's not on Steam. You can't get that on Steam. It's a very specific it's a PC Mac because it's a Flash game, I and can you imagine can only that, download it on PC and Mac because it doesn't work in browser anymore. So uh, that was uh, that was a reason why it was made that way, and the reason why it put Steam the way it was too. But anyway, yes, you managed to sniff it out. So uh, the game I was referring to on the PC Mac was, <laughs> it was a game called Icarus Proudbottom and the Curse of the Chocolate Fountain. Mm. Ever heard of them? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, no, it's, it sounds very newgroundsonco.com. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 they're, they're hilarious. The graphics are really, really basic pixel graphics. Uh, they've made, I think, three games in the series. One's from, like, uh, Icarus Proudbottom teaches you to read, and there's something else. <laughs> they are just absurd and ridiculous, and I highly recommend you go and check these out. If for no other reason, then you will laugh a lot. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind if they poured these over Steam just for a laugh. Uh, over Steam, over the Switch, yeah. just for a laugh. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it sounds like something we could all live without. But having said that, um, we might well all go and Google Icarus Proudbottom after this um, podcast. <laughs> In fact, I implore you to do such a thing. Um, thank you, Alistair. That was another really good one because I, I genuinely didn't Definitely. know any of those games. And uh, well done to uh, Anton and Emily for getting it right. And uh, whoop, whoop. means you're, well, that's that's Anton on three now. That's me on two and Emily on one. So, Emily, we have this slight disadvantage of not being on every single week, which obviously will give you ten for each one, which means you're way in the lead now. So. Well, there we go. That's <laughs> it. That's why I turn up occasionally, so my points matter more. I love it. I mean, as for James, I mean, if when, when he's on the podcast, he's <laughs> getting right, 50. Yeah. Uh, so, well done. Um, listen, just before we go, uh, just a quick reminder where people can find us, Alistair. Uh, well, we've got many, many places. The first one I point people to is uh, the website because you can listen to us on the website, which is nsukp.co.uk. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google. In fact, if you go to the website, you can find links to all the millions and millions and millions of places that we can be downloaded from. Uh, we're also on various social medias, and I'll throw it back to you guys for social medias because I don't know what they are. Yeah, Anton, Indeed. go on then. You take over from here. Yeah, so um, you can get links to this on the website or if you go to Twitter, uh, Twitter or Facebook, we are NSUKP Oddcast. <laughs> there we I do go. That mistake every time. <laughs> uh, we're on YouTube. We've got an email at podcast at nsukp.co.uk. And of course, if you want anything, head to the website. We've got everything on there. And that is nsukp.co.uk, including uh, all the information regarding the Patreon, the rewards, and the pricing. And as well as that we go through how much uh, how what it means and how we do the podcast so you can understand why we're asking for it we 
what for what we asked yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. And on the Patreon as well, we'll be recording after this podcast our last call, which is a sort of pub chat thing. So for our Patreons, they will get that middle of the week. Usually they get that for Wednesday morning's commute. And of course, if there's a direct this week, we'll be recording that when that happens. And then we do our fortnightly. <laughs> You've been saying that since November, Mike. I know, I know. <laughs> In fact, I've been saying it since the last direct, which is even before then. It's just been one of those. But the um, the it, we'll also have our roundup podcast next week we did one last week so we won't have one of those this week for our Patreons as well so they'll get all that extra stuff but go to our website and check it all out from there until then thank you so much for sticking with us for episode 50 what an incredible achievement that we're here after 50 episodes at plus because we've got all our extras and our specials and our direct specials and all that so thank you so much for all of our first 50 episodes and we'll see you for our next one in a week's time barring a direct goodbye from me cheerio au revoir toodle pip